This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. There is just one reality. Neither mainstream science nor mainstream religions can do much more than give us hints about what reality actually is because they're both belief systems. That includes science. Its belief system, its fundamental dogma is atheism. You start from there, you can't go very far in any direction. They're mutually exclusive belief systems. Not only are they belief systems, but they need you, only one can be right. So how do we get at the truth? Well, when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead, we don't just learn that the dead are alive and every human life is eternal. We also get a wonderfully detailed view of what actually is going on. You've got to piece it together because they don't talk about this, but you can figure it out from all those communications. That view is consistent with both cutting-edge physics and, go figure, the gospel teachings of Jesus. How amazing is that? Today we're going to talk about what we're beginning to learn about what our one reality actually is. We've been talking around this, haven't we? But today we're going to get right to the core, based upon afterlife evidence and also based, of course, on quantum physics and how that supports it. To help me do that, I've invited back my wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. Craig has devoted his life to the single-minded pursuit of the truth wherever it may lead. So prepare to have your mind blown. I think you'll find, though, if you should listen to what Craig and I have puzzled out independently, that what we're saying about reality is going to be pretty much what you may have suspected all along. Welcome, Craig. Hi, Roberta. <laughs> what a delight. <laughs> this, is, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. What, uh, th- this is, I was just interested in life after death. So I did all of this investigation, reading all these communications from the dead. No one has a clue how many communications there are. Um, and many of them, really the best ones, are, are more, than, more than 50 or 60 years old. Um, but what, what I began to see was that they gave us information about two very important things. One we'll talk about this week and one I'm going to talk about by myself next week. What they, one of the things they told us was reality is very different from what our senses tell us it is. And their view of reality was extremely consistent across all communication styles, all communications over 200 years. Was that your experience? Did you have the same kind of eureka moment on this? Yes. Uh, everything that you read when you read the mediums and those who write about the mediums is very consistent across the people who were speaking. And the more that we learn, the more consistent it becomes. And uh, yes. that was Robert Krukow's book, uh, The Supreme Adventure, in which he interviewed mediums uh, and discovered what they had found out about the afterlife. And he wrote that into his book, and uh, that was all consistent among the mediums that he had found. And Leslie Flint's uh, wonderful recordings of people speaking from the other side 
are all consistent with each other. And uh, Anthony Borges' the, the World Unseen yes. uh, is a wonderful, wonderful book. Everybody needs to read that and describes what is going on on the other side. And, and they're all consistent with each other. And we're so we're discovering that there is a world there. It's been mapped. We've got the map of the territory, and we know what it's all about now. And these things are, are telling us, all of these reports are telling us about the nature of reality and who we are. The One of the things that really astonished me was that it, apparently it all happens in the same place. The dead tell us they're just exactly where we are, only mm-hmm. at a higher vibratory rate. And um, which... Uh, because think about it, when, when and I'm really talking to the audience now, I mean, we know they're not sitting on clouds up there. There's a kind of higher sense that they're 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 kind of above us somehow, but they're not upstairs. They're not in the clouds. Where are they? Well, they're. It turns out they're right where we are. But the way that they're higher is that they're they're at a vibratory rate which is higher. Everything is energy. Everything, including on this level, so everything vibrates as energy does. But the higher we go in terms of spiritual levels, the higher the vibratory rate is. That's the only difference. And the vibratory rate, when you talk about the, that, is uh, in the mind. So we yes. are at different vibratory rates in that realm, which we recognize, we can see as the mind. And so we can access them, we can come to them, and they can come to us. But we can't do it so easily on the physical plane. What we have to do is we have to go into the mind and we can do that. We can train ourselves to be able to go to those different vibratory rates. And they, uh, in the meantime, are doing the same thing. They're bringing their rate down so that they can communicate with us. And all we need to do is to go to that realm, which is in the mind, and we can do that at will. All we have to do is learn the techniques to do it. One of the things we're learning is that the only thing that really exists is mind. I think of it as mind with a capital M. And our parts are, our, our, our minds are part of mind. Um, which is why, as you say, that's where communication is going to take place. We're not imagining it. It's real. But it's mm-hmm. just that the only part of ourselves which is real is mind. The rest is an illusion created by mind. And so that's where we go. And, um, we're, we're, we're going to be you and I together working on a and we are working now heavily on a conference to be held in July of 2014 in Scottsdale Arizona we'll talk a lot more about this um, not just today but in in weeks to come it's it's called new developments in afterlife communication and one of the things about that conference is that a lot of the new new techniques rely on what you just said the fact that our minds can directly access the minds of and connect with the minds of our dead loved ones. Um, and we just have to learn how to do that. Yeah, that, that's the ground of being. Uh, the mind, the, that vibration, uh, vibra- vibratory rate, <laughs> that, uh, which, <laughs> spit that out. Yeah, right. Uh, and, uh, that vibratory rate uh, that's different among us, that is the, the true reality. And what happens is then when we relax the physical realm, in any way, when we depart from the physical realm by quieting the body, then we go into, right into that other realm, into the mind. Um, we do that in near-death experiences. It happens when people go into meditation. Uh, it happens when people pass from this life into the next one. And in any of those circumstances, when we shut down the physical body, the mind then goes into what it is, its normal and real 
realm, which is the what we call the afterlife, but it's not the afterlife. This is we're actually living on a spiritual plane. The earth is just another spiritual plane. And what we're doing now is we are all participating in this drama, and we create the scenery, we create this drama that we're in, and we live it together uh, in a cooperative way. And uh, this drama that we're in right now is just one of those spiritual planes. And so we leave that spiritual plane and go to another spiritual plane when we drop off the body and graduate from earth school. What we do really is, to, I, I remember reading um, a communication probably a hundred years old in which um, someone who was dead tried to, just, a higher level being, tried to describe it as a fan. I'm right here with you in the room where you think you are, um, but it's like, like when a fan is on, because then they had fans, they didn't have much else, um, the blades disappear. Well, in just that way, I'm vibrating so quickly that you can't see me, but I'm right here. Um, nowadays, uh, I tell people, think about your television set. All those different signals for a hundred some odd channels are all in the room with you. Um, your mind is that TV set. Right now, it picks up the, the, this level, in fact, that body on this level. Um, when you die, you're just, your mind just tunes to a different channel, which is at a higher frequency, and picks up a new body there. And it's just as solid there, or solid seeming as this reality is. You just change channels. And, and what I've found, Craig, is people get that. It makes sense to people because mm-hmm. television is an everyday experience for us. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty the, good analogy, actually. Don't oh, you I think, think it's a wonderful analogy. And uh, when the, the television stops working, then uh, the broadcast signal is still coming through. It's still out there, but the television just doesn't work anymore. Or if the television's damaged, you know, uh, the, it won't have such a good picture. It may be blurred. Uh, you may not be able to hear the sound. That's what happens when the body's damaged and consciousness doesn't come through yes. so well. But the consciousness, the signal that's out there, the the real person is healthy and, and whole, and it's just the television that's, uh, that is in some way damaged. If your brain is damaged, that's what happens. There, mm-hmm. there are plenty of, of uh, reports from people who were at the deathbeds of people who were dying um, and, uh, and had been very impaired in life. And they say that in the last minutes, even before that person left the body, he was or he or she was the person they had been before the damage was done to the brain. Yeah. Suddenly mm-hmm. they were back again. Yeah, um, it's called and, terminal lucidity. And what happens is the person has, uh, even after Alzheimer's and, and other debilitations, yes. uh, they will suddenly come back and, and uh, speak lucidly with their loved ones. And then soon after that will pass. Uh, because the consciousness was always there, it was always whole and healthy, and in fact, we're able to communicate with that consciousness now. So we are yeah, able to, through the self-guided afterlife communication type of um, an experience, which is a self-hypnosis experience, we're able to communicate with the higher self, with the person who is the conscious person, of somebody who on the physical plane is in a coma, or has Alzheimer's, or even is profoundly mentally retarded. And so we're able to communicate with them, and we're doing that now with uh, with great success. That, that this is a fascinating. Uh, it's it, it's not quite on topic for today, but I want to talk about it a little bit because a lot of people have loved ones who are impaired and mm-hmm. appear to be in a coma or appear to be very very limited. And you have succeeded in the work you're doing in allowing them to communicate with that person's 
healthy mind because the mind's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's just the brain that's screwed up. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and how would if someone was interested in trying that, how would they contact you, Craig? Uh, all they need to do is to go to uh, uh, afterlifeconnections.org, and it explains about the self-guided afterlife communications to communicate with those who have crossed over to the other side. Uh, and it all then on that same site explains about connecting with those who are in coma or uh, otherwise debilitated, and uh, that uh, the links are there to go to it. It's all free. It comes from the Center for Spiritual Understanding. So it costs nothing to get on, and we've had thousands of people now who've gotten onto it wow. and have connected with their loved ones on the other side and profoundly. Uh, and uh, a handful now of people who've connected with those who are in coma, but we're at a 100% success rate with, with that. Uh, they do connect. and So, so they have a conversation? The, mm-hmm. the, the fellow uh, says, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know you're there around my bed. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Or I please play exactly. this radio station, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they have. And uh, and the conversation is, is uh, very often it's apologizing. And, and uh, the person who is still uh, uh, active and who's t- trying to communicate with the person in coma uh, will apologize for not taking care of them. And, and they're always reassuring, say, you're doing a wonderful job. You know, don't worry about it. Uh, it. This is one of those things where I have to go through this. This is part of my life's plan, and uh, oh. I will get through this and go out the other side. Those who are <laughs> wow. in, a, in a coma are spending most of their time actually on the other side. They're connected yes. with the they're connected with the body on the earth plane, but they're spending most of their time already on the other side. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm, it is fascinating. Um, but this this is an example of the kind of thing that will be possible when science, mainstream science, gets past its foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this decision that some facts are worth studying and some facts will only be ever disparaged, which was a decision made more than 100 years ago in, in the halls of academia, where, where, yes, there's a lot of amazing stuff coming through and great validation from the dead. We're just going to not look at it. We're going to put our fingers in our ears, close our eyes, mm-hmm. and we're just not going to look at it. When that is passed, and I think it will be passed within the next 50 years, there's all kinds of wonderful, wonderful stuff, wonderful abilities, wonderful possibilities for, for people who are living while they're living, communicating with their dead loved ones in a, you know, by phone um, or even in person, uh, mm-hmm. communicating with people who are still alive but in bodies, um, and understanding their own purpose in life, getting guidance in ways to live the best possible life here in ways that are impossible now. There's so mm-hmm. much ahead of us. There's once. so much of it. It's exciting. It's, ex- it's breaking it's, open. And in uh, Borges' book, in Anthony Borges' book, uh, the, uh, Life in the World Unseen, uh, Hugh Benson, who is the person on the other side who's come through Borgia, says that uh, we were not meant not to have uh, communication. We weren't meant to have this separation between the physical and, uh, world and the next world, and that that will, as we become more attuned to it, then they'll be able to give us more information. They'll be able to help us more uh, yes. on this side, and that that is in our future. And it's coming to pass right now. We're watching it. We're at, right at the beginnings of it. And so we're able to communicate with them, and they're coming through and giving us wonderful 
insights into who we are, what the universe is like, and what and and what the divine is like, and uh, and that's going to continue. Um, I have I've always thought that the reason that it was so difficult to for us to communicate uh, had to do with the fact that this is a school. We we make a lesson plan that's pretty much established. We come here, mm-hmm. and we if we knew this was only a school and we are eternal beings, maybe we wouldn't take it so seriously. That's what I've mm-hmm. always assumed. Mm-hmm. But I read that in Borgia's book, and we, let's just say that that uh, Borgia was when, when was he writing in the twenties? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. channeling someone who had uh, died uh, in I think the in the t- in the tens of the previous century. So this right. is a mm-hmm. hundred years old. Um, mm-hmm. The the fellow who died was a Monsignor who had written some horrible things, apparently. About, I've never mm-hmm. read what he wrote about mm-hmm. uh, the afterlife. And he was allowed to correct his mistakes after, apparently, he begged to do that by channeling, uh, doing, doing some uh, writing through his friend. Um, his life in the world unseen, I think, is the best sort of single source mm-hmm. um, for information about what it's really like to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we get a lot of pieces. Don't you agree? But, yeah. but that book kind of puts you there in, with so many individual pieces that um, in, in my book, The Fun of Dying, I say if, if, you, if you need, if you don't have a lot of time, you want to read a few things, read R. Craig Hogan's wonderful book, um, Your Eternal Self for the physics of it, um, read Quantum um, Enigma for the quantum physics of it, and read Life in the World Unseen to get a sense of what it's like to be there. And if you've read mm-hmm. those three books, you pretty much know what you need to know about your eternal life. And you can, oh, and then the fourth, of course, is the Gospels. Everyone should be reading the Gospels. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a show about that at some point, but Jesus was right on about everything that he said, the stuff they put in his mouth, not so much, but what he mm-hmm. said was totally real. Yeah, yeah, and it's fascinating that uh, many of the things that he said that they didn't understand at all. No, they, they didn't record, get they it. They simply recorded. They they simply recorded his words, and today we're just beginning to understand it. That's why we know, that we know it's valid. There's a validity yes. to it. We, we can uh, prove Jesus said, was real now, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, and uh, and and because of the fact that they wrote them down, they wrote the words down, and they didn't understand them. Uh, he said um, the. Uh, kingdom of, of, of heaven is spread out upon the face of the earth and men do not see it and yes. uh, they didn't understand that but we realize now that what that means is that we could be living in that kingdom uh, if we changed our attitude it was called uh, metanoia meaning have a change of mind a, a change of attitude and it was mistranslated as repent repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it right. wasn't it was metanoia change your attitude change your mind because the kingdom of heaven is with you right now. That uh, people didn't understand that, but they recorded it, and so now we're just beginning to understand what they recorded that he had said. He he also said the kingdom of God is within you, and mm-hmm. that's kingdom of God as you as you've said. That's it's mm-hmm. it's in your mind, mm-hmm. um, and that's yeah. exactly he was right. There were so many things he said about big and little things about mm-hmm. that we now know to be true, that it's impossible for Jesus not to have been a genuine historic figure with mm-hmm. information that could have come only from the divine. From um, a wise soul who was sent to, to earth to give us this message yes. through the Jews, through the Jews of the time, but right. to give us that message today. And, and uh, we're just discovering it. So uh, Jesus' second coming is going to be in his being understood for the first time. Absolutely. So that is in right. that is in our future. Uh, That's what's going on now. Yes. 
That is totally profound. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to take a quick break here. Um, I'm enjoying very much having this conversation. I hope that you are as well, Craig. Um, you're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the wonderful Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and we'll be right back. When she was eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is Cliff Notes to 200 Years of Abundant and Consistent Afterlife Evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage Afterlife Forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Dr. R. Craig Hogan and I are spending this hour in a conversation, which is kind of fun for me because I usually don't talk much when I, when I have guests. Um, we're, we're talking about what we've together, actually quite independently, we came to these conclusions without ever knowing each other. We've met relatively recently, but all the conclusions we've reached are pretty much the same about what reality is. Um, and we, we got here by reading a lot of communications from the dead and looking at uh, quantum physics in, as the original quantum physicists looked at it. What does it really tell us? What's it really indicating to us? Um, and studying the words of, of the Gospels, not just uh, by reading what Christianity has said, as Jesus said, but by going back to the original language, um, which was not Greek, it was Aramaic, uh, and, and by comparing even... The, the Aramaic to Greek to English translations of what he said with what we actually know to be true from the from the afterlife evidence. When you put all of it together, it all fits. It's like a gigantic puzzle, and it all comes together. And it's impossible for that to be true if this isn't true. So, although we're we're sort of going at it in a kind of relaxed way today, um, what we're telling you is true, and this will all be known within the next. What do you think? Fifty years? Well, I would say fifty years was a good estimate. It's happening much more quickly than I thought it would. And it's yeah. because of communication, because yes. of mass communication. And uh, so things have changed very quickly. You know, we're seeing uh, shows on television now routinely about mediums and about the afterlife and, 
and people accept near-death experiences now, and they expect yeah. they accept the, the confrontations that people have with their loved ones and with the divine, with that with that wonderful unconditional love that they sense, and people are accepting that as a reality now, and they and they talk freely about it. So it's happening very quickly, much more quickly than I thought, but it's still going to take, I would say, 50 years. Part of the problem is that there are entrenched interests, uh, both on the science side and on the religion side. Um, and they're, they have very conveniently divided up the world of knowledge between them. Either you are either a piece of knowledge, a piece of evidence, a, a bit of, a, of reality is scientific, or it must be spiritual, which means it's religious. And these are two ghettos. Uh, they reach out to one another, but they don't acknowledge the fact that there is a great body of information between them that they're both ignoring. Mm-hmm. If they ignore it, maybe nobody will ever will pay attention to it. I guess that's yeah. their thought. If or they even a, think about it scary. at all. Mm-hmm. It's scary to them because they don't understand it. It's not in their realm of understanding it. Uh, that actually all began with Descartes. So that began in the 17th century when he wanted to get the church off of his back, and he said, well, uh, you know, we'll take care of the physical realm, and you guys can take care of the soul. And <laughs> right. so then they made this separation, and uh, and that separation has continued. But uh, they now we are bringing everything back together. Science is coming into spirituality, and spirituality is accepting as science, and, and it's all coming together, as you say, like a big puzzle, and we're watching all the pieces assemble themselves, and we're getting a lot of help from the other side. Because there are teams that, on the other side that are working with true. us. Mm-hmm. But we're get, I still think you're, we're, I, you're more optimistic than I. Um, mainstream science is a tremendously entrenched institution. Mm-hmm. Um, the early physicists knew what they had found. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to read a quote from uh, Max Planck. Max Planck got the Nobel Prize in 1980 for quantum theory. Max Planck is a hero to quantum physicists. He's the core, initial, beginning quantum physicist. He said in 1931, I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Everything we talk about, everything we regard as existing, postulates consciousness. Mm-hmm. He knew he had found God. He knew, right. Planck had found and And uh, he also said that, it was, uh, that we weren't going to be able to convince the scientists. What was going to happen is the scientists, the old scientists, were going to die out. And yes. new young ones who who had realized this reality were going to embrace it, and uh, but and and there are many other it's scientists. It's been slow though, that, Max. It's really yeah, been Max slow. knew what he was talking about, and uh, <laughs> there are many other scientists now that uh, and uh, who um, who have come to this conclusion uh, independently, and uh, but the other scientists are the materialists. They're not the yes. science. The materialists don't have a corner on science. And they say, well, it's the scientific way. But the, the materialists are just using that to, to yes, try to bolster a, their argument. It's uh, a belief but system. Many, it's many, just many, a belief system. It's exactly. a belief system. It is a religion just like any other. Materialism is a religion. You have to right. shut your eyes to other realities and they claim that only yours is true. And, and then uh, you have to try to debunk and, and uh, all these skepticism uh, right. organizations that exist now. Uh, you have to, to close your eyes to a lot of things to be able to maintain your belief system, and that's what they're doing. That's what the, the materialists are doing now. There are a lot of entrenched interests uh, mm-hmm. on that side. Um, a lot of universities, people who have tenure, people who have spent their lives uh, 
pursuing certain aspects of materialist science. Uh, they're, you know, they're 58 or 52 or something. They're not going to allow their, their whole careers to go down the drain. So even if they mm-hmm. suspect that there's something that they're missing, they're not going to ever say it. Mm-hmm. So he was right. Science advances by deaths. Um, mm-hmm. It would be somebody who is probably now in pigtails who will uh, be the first, who will get the, who will get the, the, mm-hmm. the Nobel Prize for being the founder of consciousness theory, the mm-hmm. consciousness theory of reality. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that person's living now, I think. And oh yeah, I agree. And yeah, that, that, that's the, where we go. <laughs> yeah, that's where it's going to go. And uh, we are watching a revolution. You know, there was a revolution at the beginning of the twentieth uh, century with uh, uh, Einstein. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, that's uh, made profound differences in in science and and uh, the revolution with with Max Planck and and those who followed Heisenberg and, uh, and Niels Bohr and and the, those who discovered uh, quantum mechanics and that made a tremendous difference in in the, in the Newtonian universe and now we're going to watch the next revolution the next revolution is going to be the consciousness revolution and that's coming we're watching it happen right now. One of the things that's fun, um, although I don't have time to do it very much anymore, is reading popular science magazines because uh, it's like watching, you know, blind people groping in the dark. Mm -hmm. They're trying to find the place in the brain that generates consciousness, Mm -hmm. which is which is very like a primitive person with a television that's that's turned on trying to find the place inside the television where all those people are. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's same not thing. generated yeah. in, in the brain. It's it's yeah. picked up by the brain, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, it's but it's fun because it's fool because they're being foolish. And once yeah. in a while, you'll see someone. Um, I read an article probably a year ago. Um, someone had a theory that it was it had to be that somehow when we died, there the memory went from our consciousness that had been generated by the brain into the ether of some of he didn't even use the word ether but some sort of into into some sort of memory bank of the universe and that's where all of this was coming from when people had a communication with the dead from that memory bank so he he was doing everything he could to promote the notion that consciousness generate is generated by the brain mm-hmm. but acknowledging we have to somehow account for um all of this, uh, all of the, the evidence is too good now. Uh, there's mm-hmm. too much good communication evidence being developed. I mean, Gary Schwartz's work is groundbreaking, and there are others as well. Yours is also. People mm-hmm. who are who are working in this field have produced too much good evidence. They have to come up with an explanation for that. So their explanation mm-hmm. is, well, it's being stored somewhere in the universe, mm-hmm. but it didn't so start you... out anywhere other than in your in your brain. Yeah. And so if you start with the conclusion, then you're going to have to come up with some way of coming to that right. conclusion. Right. And, and so what they do is they, they do come up with uh, all kinds of crazy ideas, uh, ideas that there are photons that are given off by the body and that the, the photons then reassemble themselves um, afterwards. Uh, the, the idea that, that, uh, that, that what happens when a person passes that there is a, a residual memory that, that's in uh, in the atmosphere, the ether, or some other realm, right. and and that it comes back, and that that is the the afterlife, and trying to find all kinds of ways of explaining what they can't explain, right. 
And, right. uh, and <laughs> because the mind is not in the brain, and no neuroscientist can claim that they know anything about the mind and the brain, how the mind might create a, uh, uh, how the brain might create a mind. It's impossible, and so they uh, they call it the hard uh, problem of consciousness. Yes. The hard problem is how does a, a brain create experience, and they have no idea. Even after they've mapped the brain and they've, and they've discovered things about the brain, they can't find consciousness in the brain. One of the things people listening are going to wonder about is, okay, what is the physics of it? What's the shape of it? How does it look, um, uh, this, this reality, this greater reality that we talk about? Um, there, uh, there's a reality. I, I, I'm going to sort of tell you what I think, and then, and then I'd like you to, I'm thinking mm-hmm. at some point you and I are going to disagree because we came to this day from very separate research paths. But what I've come to believe is that based on my knowledge uh, of, of the evidence is that the only thing that exists is this energy-like potentiality that doesn't have size, it doesn't have form, it's alive, it's highly emotional, um, it's probably self-aware. That's the only thing that exists. Mm-hmm. And from it comes this layer, these all these energy layers, and because they're energy, um, they're, they don't need size or shape. Uh, all of these layers, of which one of the lowest in vibratory rate, if not the lowest, is the one where we think we are now. Um, but we're of course not here at all. We're part of that energy-like potentiality, and and we're not. We never separate from it. Then above in vibratory rate, above this level again without size or shape because there is no such thing as everything everything that exists is infinite in size and smaller than a speck of dust size is irrelevant there's it's not not relevant it's like how big is a thought you can't really you can say i'm thinking about a big thing well then it appears to be big but the thought has no size itself so all of those layers uh, exist right here from the lowest vibratory rate to the highest vibratory rate but again without size, again, without shape, and eternal. Because, because they also have no time, time is, a, is not a function of mind at all. It doesn't exist. When we say we're eternal and we never begin and we never will end, it's because that energy, which is the core of reality, never began and never will end. Time is just not a function of it any more than size is. That's how I think it works from my mm-hmm. crude, I only, I never even took physics in high school. I, I don't know, I, or, or math. <laughs> I don't know anything, but that's what the evidence tells me is true. Now, tell me what you think. When you do come down to that, that lowest level, when you, when you find that uh, we are uh, energy, uh, that energy is, results in matter when energy's vibration slows, it comes into matter. When you get down to that lowest level, what we're doing is we're looking at consciousness. So what we're looking at is the basis of, that we can observe uh, on this side of what consciousness is and uh, the, as consciousness creates the reality. And so that, that is that energy, as you say, is, is the reality. That's the, the consciousness. And we call it energy because that's the name that we want to give to it. But it is, in fact, what consciousness is creating. And so, uh, when uh, it is in fact true that uh, that we are at different vibration, vibrational, I'm going to 
skip, stumble <laughs> over that word again. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> vibratory rates, and uh, right. when when we are at different vibratory rates, then we do have the sense that someone is separate from us physically. Uh, that uh, that consciousness that we loved is separate from us physically. But in fact, they are one with us, they're intimately with us, that there is no separation, uh, but there's just a different vibration. And that's very difficult for people to, to understand. Uh, the analogy of the television is a good analogy and of electromagnetism. We're continually surrounded by electromagnetic magnetic waves, and some of them are visible waves. The lights that we see are, are electromagnetism, but some of them are uh, microwaves and uh, uh, other uh, high-level waves and lower-level waves, and they're constantly in the atmosphere with us all the time. And it's the same with our loved ones who are with us, but on a different vibration, so they're accessible to us. So, yes, I, I think the, the reality of it is that uh, we, when we get down to that lowest level, we discover that energy is... Uh, underneath that level and that energy is consciousness creating the world that we um, live in the world that we experience and those experiences then are, are actually energy so i agree so with we, you so we really have um found what god is god is very different though from and not surprisingly from what the theologians tell us when we mm -hmm. come back we're going to talk a little bit more about what god actually is based on the evidence this is seek reality with roberta grimes and the contact talk radio network you are an eternal being you never began you never will end so learning these truths about reality it really is pretty important to your living your own best life right now our guest today is dr r craig hogan and we will be right back When she was eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is Cliff Notes to 200 Years of Abundant and Consistent Afterlife Evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at afterlifeforums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage afterlife forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com.
welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with the wonderful Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and now we're going to talk about the fact that we indeed have found God. Um, I, I think I think that that's uh, what, for me, is the most exciting thing about all of this. Um, ultimately, what we've learned is that the only thing that exists is what I guess you'd have to call God, not like what the not the God that theologians talk about. But this enormously loving, infinitely creative energy like potentiality is the only thing that exists. And from that infinitely creative mind, if you will, comes all the stuff we think of as real. It's all artifact. As Max Planck said, you can't get behind consciousness. That consciousness is God. So tell so tell me what how God appears to you, Craig, now that you've met him. Yeah, <laughs> what, right. what is your, what is your sense of God? Uh, yes, I agree with you. The uh, and, it, and a better word than is the source, yes, uh, because that exactly that right. Uh, right that describes w- what we know. Uh, and uh, Amit Goswami, the uh, the quantum physicist, just uh, said it. Uh, he said that that he discovered that uh, there is nothing but God, and yes. that's a good way of saying it because uh, at the source of everything then is God. Uh, it is uh, we are in a state in which we are being created moment to moment we're being sustained and and that's uh, sustenance is coming from this source the the divine and uh, uh we can also know this about that the source the ground of reality that it is unconditionally loving and uh, right. people encounter that in their death experiences they describe it when they pass to the other side so that we know that uh, the source God is unconditionally loving, wants nothing more than our, our growth, and uh, the only thing that we have to do is to keep from anthropomorphizing that source. We, it isn't a guy sitting on a mountain with a long white beard. Uh, it is the source of all ground, uh, the ground of all being, and we are intimately uh, part of it. And so if we can just get a, wrap our minds around that, then it can make a big difference in what it is that we do. And the way that we regard ourselves and live our lives. Absolutely. I would echo all of that. The thing about understanding what God actually is, is that the moment you get that, you really get that, you never fear anything ever again. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that exists ultimately is this enormous love. Love for each of us. We are part of that uh, I mean, we're not just God's children. We're part of God. We're part of that mm-hmm. infinitely, infinitely creative energy which loves us more than we can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that the energy that is God is highly emotional. The only emotion is love. Mm-hmm. That's um, the ground every, of being. That's mm-hmm. the ground of being. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. I know this sounds too good to be true. And in the beginning, it was for me, too. I, I, I had a lot of trouble um i kept looking for the you know the skunk in the parlor there had to be one somewhere there isn't one um the 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 judgmental angry god that seems to think it would be a good idea to murder his own child or his own child murder just so he could feel better about your sins i've looked for that judgmental angry god for 50 years and I looked initially because I was a Christian. I wanted, I didn't want Christian. I, I guess I thought I would be throwing out the baby with the bath um, where, where Jesus is concerned if he, if he didn't have that role. I have never found the slightest evidence 
mm-hmm. that God or any religious figure has ever judged anyone. Have you? Mm-hmm. No. The, we judge ourselves. So in other right. words, as we grow spiritually, then we make decisions about our lives and about the way that we lived our lives, and we will try to grow out of that and try to understand what it is that went on with us. So we judge ourselves, but there is no judgment outside of that. Uh, yes. There is no judging God that, that, that is, uh, is going to throw us down into the pits of hell and all of that other mythology that has to go away. It's, it's dissolving right now. We see a change, incidentally, in the evangelical church. Uh, there are what's called the grace movements. And the grace movement is a movement that is throwing out all the old superstition and, and the judgment and is saying that the, uh, our God, uh, the, the anthropomorphic God that the, that the Christian has, is uh, a loving God. There is all love. There is all forgiveness. There, is, there are, are no judgments involved. And that all we need to do is to embrace that and live our lives according to it. So there is a movement, it's a fascinating movement, in the evangelical church today called the Grace Movement. And uh, there are people who are saying things that we would, uh, we would agree with, that would say, yes, wow. that's true. Uh, and so they're getting beyond that. And it's a good thing. Uh, oh, it's there a great are those, thing. Yeah, yes. those who, are, who counter that. There are still those who are out there that are the judgmental types, the hate types, and you know, the anger types. And, and they are still saying that, they, uh, that they, they have to toe the line or else God's going to squash you like a bug. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and there are those people who are still out there, but they are losing the battle. And so there is a movement in the church, and, and, uh, and I'm hoping that that everybody begins to see that movement and embrace it because it's getting stronger and stronger. God is not uh, a, a person. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are part of God, but while we're here, we are so affected by this experience of being in material bodies and by the fact that we are also, our minds are infinitely creative. We create our lives to a much greater extent than anyone imagines. We have to talk about mm-hmm. that at some point, too, and how to create a better life than when we're living now. But um, there is a lot of evidence that um, all of the ev- the evil that we see was in some way created by human minds. Mm-hmm. Um, you you, you, you say that side. there mm-hmm. is some that ha- that perhaps comes from some other source we're not sure of. Uh, you and I have had that conversation. There is right. There is evil out there. There and uh, we don't fully understand why or where it comes from. Uh, there are many who say that that evil that is out there is coming from the human mind, that it's still part of the human mind, and the human mind is creating it. And, and uh, so there are entities that are, are close to the earth plane or on the earth plane, and they are attempting to influence people, and they influence them for evil. Uh, so they are genuine. They are out there, and, and it appears that they may be creations of the mind. And they do say, and, and Leslie Flint's uh, recordings of his conversations with people on the other side, they do say to us that uh, e- um, disease, evil, all of the maladies that we experience in the physical realm are creations of the human mind. And that when we grow out of those, when we do become unconditionally loving, they'll all go away. Yeah, I, I would not be at all surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but that seems to be the case. And what seems to be the case is that there is no devil. There is no Satan. No. There is no mm-hmm evil entity of, with any strength in opposition mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from what we're coming to understand about spiritual power, there couldn't be one. It's sort of like 
it fit, there, there are rules of physics, and if there is a rule of spiritual physics, is that it's that the more loving an entity is, the stronger it is, the more mm-hmm. powerful it is. Mm-hmm. So unloving entities are going to be, you know, weak as pudding. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't influence our minds to turn toward evil and strengthen their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have talked about that on, on other segments of this program. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important always to remember we can't toy with the notion of playing with evil because there are entities that would love to jump in That's and right. take part in that mm-hmm. little game. We can't do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, yeah. The, That's, the, only, yeah. the only emotion we can have is love. Yeah, uh, and that is the way that they get their kicks. I mean, they, they are uh, determined... Uh, it is some of, of those who have crossed over, uh, people who have crossed over, who stay on the earth plane, they're earthbound, uh, and they're here because they either want to be or they don't understand where they are. And, and so then they do influence people, those who are earthbound. Uh, but there are also entities that have never been human, they've never been on the earth plane, but they are evil entities. Uh, and it's not something for us to be desperately afraid of. All we need to do is to keep ourselves up off of a, that vibrational level, uh, that, that they are on a lower level of vibration, and uh, we are on a higher level. If we stay above it, uh, they will have much less of an influence on us. Uh, but they do influence people. Yes. Um, I think it's important to remember uh, that there's, I don't think there's anyone in body who is evil, um, when when we people who do terrible things, sometimes we even I, I when I read an article about some horrible crime, I even could see it in what the person says. He didn't mean to do this or that, or he doesn't know why he did this or that. He was influenced by a negative entity to kill his mother or whatever bad thing he did. It's tragic that because our science is so off the rails, we don't have the ability to deal with that problem. No. That person no. is guilty, even though he would probably be redeemable if we mm-hmm. would help him uh, divest himself of the entity that's influencing negatively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are actually societies now, especially in the UK, that are dedicated to helping people to remove these entities from their lives. And uh, it, it sounds strange it sounds, to, to talk about yeah. it, but it is a reality. Uh, and there are exorcisms that are that are going on that are in the Roman Catholic Church, and they're actually removing these entities, uh, the influence of these entities, from people because they do influence people. And there um, are some who realize now that the mental health hospitals are filled with people who are being influenced, uh, and yes. that they're not. There's nothing wrong with them. What's actually happening is that they they are being influenced. And uh, those are having an effect upon them on the, from the other side. And that if we can remove them, then they would be cured of those illnesses. There are so many things uh, that will improve in this world for the better when mm-hmm. uh, these truths are generally known. Uh, I can't believe it, but we're coming to the end of our hour. It's been just a joy doing this. We're going to have to do more of these, Craig. I have so much fun mm-hmm. with you whenever, oh, yeah. we, whenever we, we do this. It's so mm-hmm. much fun. Um, but is there is there anything you particularly want to say, sort of, to close this this conversation? No, it's just that the the uh, ground of reality is is the source. It is God, and all we need to do then is to allow ourselves to immerse ourselves in the ground of reality, into love. And if we do, if we if we seek love, then we will change our lives and change the lives of those people who are around us. Uh, it's very simple, and, and all we have to do is simply go about finding ways of 
of expressing love and receiving love and, and, and bathing ourselves in love and our entire lives will change. Boy, perfectly said. I could never ever improve on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're we're coming to the end now. The, this this um, the book that Craig wrote, and it's a 2008 book, I think. So it's not new. I strongly recommend. Um, he's written other books as well, but anyone who's interested in this field has got to read "Your Eternal Self" by Craig Hogan. It's on Amazon. Please read it because um, it was a revelation to me in so many ways, talking about what we really are and how we know that's true. My own book is The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Um, it's intended for people who are dying or who are ill or who have been, are bereaved. If you need the facts quickly in a way that's not threatening, read The Fun of Dying. It's yeah, also it's a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book. <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, please join us next week. Next week, the guest will be me. I'm going to be spending an hour ushering in 2014 by telling you about not one, not two, but three books that I have coming out in January. And I guarantee you're going to be surprised. You're going to be amused. And I'm already nervous. So be sure to join us and see whether it really is possible for me to interview myself. Please don't forget to join us next week. Meanwhile, visit us at afterlifeforums.com and join the discussion there. And now... Go out and enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.